somewhere in a galaxy far, far away, the Guardians dipped into their promising pool of prospects and traded for Sean Murphy and Matt Olson. And Sean Murphy hit a home run tonight for the Guardians, and Matt Olson went two for three and scored a run as the Guardians beat the White Sox and continued to put a chokehold on the AL Central with one of the best lineups in the American League. That didn't happen. I'm sorry to make your night even worse. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. Uh, over there is Justin. I am Jeff. I want to say uh, thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day where you do a podcast and say we have you covered every day. I want to give a shout out to Pink and Blue 12, who uh, talked about how we have great chemistry um, and that we are never too high or never too low. Uh, well, nice, we're about to I test that comment. theory tonight. <laughs> we are about no. to test that theory. We are recording I, this, by the way, in the eighth inning. Yes. Of the White Sox and Guardians game. It's seven to three White Sox as we're reporting. Eight to so three. we are we are gonna Oh, you son of a Yeah. Eight, we are really gonna eight, test eight, that theory tonight. So thank you for eight, the thank eight, you for the review. We are really gonna test your your review tonight. That uh that didn't that was not that was some poopsie do. Um Louis Robert. Hey, if you want a positive, Louis Robert, that is your best possible outcome for Oscar Gonzalez. That is the most similar um, low walk, high contact, po- uh, plus power when they can reach it profile. So Except for the defense. Positive. Yeah, he doesn't have the defense. He, ha- he has good athletic traits, but yeah, he doesn't have the defense. But offensively. Which Gonzalez has athletic traits. Is more athletic yeah. than I ever thought he would be. No, but yeah, he, he's good, got but... similar athletic traits. But, uh, you know, I'll good. just take that moment there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maintain some positivity, even though today on Twitter made me want to take my school Chromebook and just throw it out the window. Because... Uh, mm-hmm. People, listen, I understand it's frustrating. Uh, we are all frustrated, but my goodness, the the taking, everyone's taking it to 11 right now, I feel like. It's ugly out there. I mean, look, I'll, I'll be, I'll admit my guilt. I thought, man, Lance Lynn's pitching like trash this year. He All he does is throw fastballs. The Guardians are not a good breaking ball hitting team, but they do hit fastballs. And well, turns out they don't hit nothing. I don't know. I you're wrong so on they that. Do hit D- double negative. Sorry, my English teacher ways. That's great. I, I, I actually English is one of the classes I passed, so you're right. I should have been better. I don't know, man. I, somebody on Twitter came at me too and was like, I, I tweeted about Sean Murphy and I said, This is where my uh, the open came from. I said, Somewhere in another universe, the Guardians did trade for Sean Murphy. And someone's like, Well, you're obsessed with Sean Murphy. Well, they tried to trade for him for two straight years. He is literally the best hitting catcher in baseball right now, he's one of the best defenders in baseball behind the plate. So that cures two of the guardians I, biggest problems right now. And it would have allowed them to stop mismanaging their, their, their 40 man roster because they would have had to dip into it to make that trade. And what, a year ago after the lockout, they thought they had a deal for Matt Olson. We yeah. talked about this before in another universe, Freddie Freeman resigns the Braves and Matt Olson is a Cleveland guardian. Now they probably didn't sign him to extension like the Braves did because yeah. he took a lot of money. But yeah, in, in an alternate universe, they might have pulled off both of those trades, and we're sitting here slamming our heads against the wall for the you know eighth day of the week on this offense and the lack of consistency. And I, 
Yeah, I just wonder too, like, they thought they had a deal at the deadline for Murphy, uh, and then it got changed up. But I wonder, I wonder if there was any talk at the time to them trying to, like, I'd have to go look when the Josh Hader deal happened, because I don't think it happened at the deadline. I think it was before. But, like, was there a three-deemer in place? Were they trying to flip, like, 99 for Ruiz to then turn around and flip Ruiz to help them get um, Murphy? Like, I'm curious what that deal would have been at the deadline. Because... I think 99 is, you know, Josh Hader is a lefty. He's got the bigger deal, uh, bigger name. But with the control, it's like there might have been some logic in that at the time. Like if they were going to go all in, I, I can't help but wonder, was it something like that? Was it like flip 99, get Ruiz, flip another prospect? Uh, I see my Internet's getting low, so I'm actually going to turn the game off just because I don't want to mess with fate. Uh, yeah, I got you. Um, so, uh, But I'm, uh, you know, I, I just want and. Again, uh, you know, everyone wants to sit there today when I'm like, guys, Na- if Naylor was ready, he'd be up and tell me, hey, uh, the catchers, they, the hit pitchers have a terrible ERA when he catches. That's not that's kind of a junk stat we've learned through the years. The whole idea of like catcher ERA doesn't necessarily reflect a ton. It's not very informative. And like, again, catchers are like managers. There's so much that we can't quantify, can't put into metrics that this team values that uh, if if Naylor was ready, he'd be up. I do truly believe that. Uh, I don't think it's as much with service time. They they find ways to manipulate in other ways with that, or there'd be workarounds, or they might even just start talking extension. I think in some respects, the fact that they have been aggressive in extensions makes it a little less likely. Um, and I know, you know, I talk about it with the pitchers, but that's just because they're soon going to have six starters, which maybe they'll run six starters. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think. Somebody keeps the valley healthy. Yeah, I'm, good point. I mean, but I think right now the the big thing is like if Naylor was ready, I 100% believe he'd be up. Mike Zanino, like I had someone be like, Mike Zanino has done nothing good for the team this year. I'm like, did you forget the month, first month of the season where he is literally their best hitter? Like the, the over-exaggeration. Now, has he been their worst hitter in the last month? Probably. But that is also Mike Zanino. This is why he is on his third team. This is why he has been well-loved. He's a well-loved teammate, but does not, he's never been any team's answer. Well, he is wildly up, wildly down. And yeah, the defense is worse than it's ever, ever been due to uh, that yeah. injury. That's the problem but, here. The guardians have put a premium on. They've said, we don't care what you do offensively. If you can lead the staff, if you can be a good defender. And that's the problem for Zanino. You, I mean, we are long, long away from the days of, Roberto Perez and Jan Gomes, where those guys were just the bedrock of the defense and you could trust the pitchers to throw anything in the dirt. You didn't dare run or steal a base. You didn't have two catchers interference in a week, missing Sandy Leone. Um, I mean, God, I saw somebody tweet today that they missed Austin Hedges and Luke Maley. And I got to say, for as bad as Austin Hedges is this year, I'd take his defense again. I mean, I know it doesn't matter because right now Zanino's a dead spot in the lineup every time out. And so is Cam Gallagher. And yeah, I really, you know, I, I know people are going to say, I don't care if the defense is this bad, call up Bo Naylor because you might as well get good offense while you're getting crappy defense, no matter what happens. And I do think part of that is true, but there's also an element of leadership to it and game calling and a certain level of preparation. And I'm not saying Naylor doesn't have any of that. But you made a really good – I don't know if you made the comment on the podcast yesterday if you made the comment off the air. But you said when they called him up at the end of the last season, 
you know, it really wasn't to play. Yeah, he got in games, but it was really to see this is the level of expectation we expected. Yeah. And, and to Naylor's credit, remember this. He has gone out of his way to learn Spanish. Mm-hmm. There are no problems with the work ethic. You know, no one has ever said a bad word about this guy doesn't put the effort in. It's it's literally just about a lot of the things that need to improve on defense. Like I sent you a clip on Twitter and I didn't post it because I'm not going to post that of embarrassment, but there was literally a pitch tonight that he just stabbed at that was in the other batter's box that was a ball four. So it didn't matter, but it would have been a pass ball because he literally made no effort to, to get out and get it. Maybe because it was ball four, maybe if it wasn't ball four, he made the effort. I don't know that, you know, that could be confirmation bias, but these are the things we've heard in the past where he has not, move to block balls or, or he's mm-hmm. tried to kind of, I don't, I don't I'm not saying lazy, but he has, you cheat a little sometimes. Yeah. There are just little things defensively that all add up and, and it, it's more magnified a catcher and it's more magnified on, on this team right now because of their lack of offense and they can't make those little mistakes. Not that it matters because when you make one, you know, boneheaded catchers interference play and it leads to a six run bomb inning, which Beaver kind of fell apart in, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, you could get better offense and continue to get bad defense from Naylor when he comes up, I guess. But, you know, they want to have an expectation of, of being able to handle a staff. And you could say, well, how can he handle Shane Bieber and, and Cal Quantrill? Though he worked with Cal Quantrill on Team Canada for a couple, at least one start anyway. And he's caught by, I mean, he's caught Logan Allen. So, you know, he's already handled those guys. I don't know. It's just. I just think if he was ready, he'd be up. I honestly believe that. I think. I do too. No, I, yeah, I definitely. I, I think there are things, and that's what makes catching hard. There is a there, true defensive issue, and I, yeah. I'll, I'll go look. I looked it up on the best, the best minor league catching data we have publicly, and this is probably going to vary because we're Jeff's going to bring this up when we get out, when we finish this segment off when we go to break. Catching catching stats internally are way different than they are externally, yes. and there are certain things with catchers you just cannot quantify. And part of that is just leadership and, and trust and th- things like that. You don't see which, uh, but I mean, he is five. He's five of 38 throwing runners out this year. He has a negative in throwing runs on baseball prospectus. He has a negative in framing runs. He is a negative in blocking runs. Every track defensive statistic that, that and baseball prospectus does the best out of any, any service, any, any website out there tracking, defensive stats they are the gold standard in terms of what's, what's available publicly they're yeah. all bad right now they are all bad and i know you might i didn't look up zaninos i know they're bad but like i said i know the argument is going to be well just get bad off it just get good offense and get bad defense i get that but i don't think they want to bring him up and have him play bad defensively and then all if the bat doesn't i don't know they maybe don't it's risk maybe it's it, risk it's risk averse yeah. which we're also going to talk about risk well, averse it, issues it, too and it's also like you don't want to, what you talked about you're not sharing that video because you don't want to embarrass him they don't want to call him up and him to have stuff. to go back down it's yeah and it's be, to send prospects yes. back down guy they don't, you don't want to do that to guys usually no it, it, you know especially if it's a head thing yeah it's worked out for some guys like jose and like Andres, but like there are other guys who seem to never recover quite the same way after that situation. And happen. I know, I know we got the rounding second thing, but I just want to point out too, like catching is incredibly difficult. Bryce Harper was a catcher, his offense, a lot. Tyler Soderstrom probably could have caught but some Schwarber. guys, you know, it's like the, the bat is too good and they give up on having them catch because it's going to del- like, would have taken Bryce Harper estimated. I thought heard at the time, two more years to get to the majors. If he had stayed a catcher just mm-hmm. because of so much that is in that position. So, I am a numbers guy to the hilt. I am a numbers, numbers, numbers guy. 
but this when it comes to catching you can't just look at the numbers you, you just can't it is a position that is kind of unquantifiable unquanti and that's not a cop-out it's just the truth of it and and whatever numbers you could look at are better internal than they are external all right we'll talk about that the guardians lose eight to three we'll get into that we'll get into some true false uh wednesday's pitching matchup and uh some very interesting comments by jason kipnis in just a second Ooh, fire Oh, all right. Well, you don't want to draft any Guardians for so rare right now. It is a revolution. I have five. Five. Sorry. Well, you're going to regret that, unfortunately. Um, it's a revolutionary baseball game where you can draft better players than the Guardians have right now in a marketplace that transforms you into an owner with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from all the other 29 MLB teams that aren't painful for you right now. Uh, they do have guys like Julio Rodriguez and... Uh, Juan Soto, who are big parts of the So Rare brand, although Julio Rodriguez is also not playing well, if that makes things better. Uh, games happen twice weekly, in the, and they span three to four day cycle. At the end of the week, MLB managers who rank at or near the top of the leaderboards, you can win a variety of rewards, including scarcity cards, game tickets, merch, and VIP experiences. Prizes will vary depending on the competition, so head to SoRare.com slash lockdown. That's S-O-R-A-R-E.com. To draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today and hit up our buddy Lex Hooper on Twitter for some tips on who to go with in your lineup and how to get some great rewards. And, and uh, then, uh, yeah, Wednesday night, if you can if you could stomach it, check uh, SiriusXM for the broadcast between the Guardians and the White Sox at 810, Peyton Battenfield and Mike Clevenger. We'll talk about that in a little bit, too. So, yes. fun! Fun times. Um, two little like notes, uh, just kind of putting caps on things. One, uh, I think my biggest complaint tonight is this has been the worst year in terms of control for Lance Lynn in a long time. Zero walks. Um, that they they helped him out tonight. Um, You're making and it a lot better, Jeff. You're making it so much better. Two, I know you know everyone wanted. Quite a few people were convinced Alejandro Kirk was the answer. Currently has a 0.2 war and is a below 100 weighted rates created. Plus, uh, he is tied with Joey Bart and uh, Kyle Higgis. Higgis. Thank you. And uh, up above him, we see Eric Haas. And I, I do want to point this out. Like, Nick Fortes has been terrible. My my favorite guy. Like, I, I blew that one. Uh, we'll see if he can recover. But my second favorite catcher is... I do kind of sit there and wonder about Connor Wong. If Boston falls apart and they need a backup catcher, he's got the pop time. He's got some athleticism. He's throwing well, guys out. Like Boston if, if Boston's a... if Boston's bad, he might be the ideal backup catcher. Is all I'm saying. Well, Boston's a better team right now, so maybe don't worry yes. about that. Um, Brian Rocchio called back up today, and this was kind of a mess on people Twitter lost too. their minds about this. Yes, uh, Jose's on the bereavement list. You know. Thoughts to, to Jose and his family for what you know whatever has transpired there, unfortunately. But who who are you going to recall? Like everyone's like, why are they Jose doing the bench? Jose Tana is the other. Like that's fine if you want to play. <laughs> I'm not saying you. Sh- I'm not saying they shouldn't play. I'm just saying, <laughs> like who are like Richie Pal- Okay, you call Richie Palacios. That's fine. And when then was the last time he played on the infield? It's been a couple years. Yeah, he's been he. I mean, he was playing left field exclusively until a couple weeks ago, and he, he got back into center field because they have no time in over a year. Right, I know. So, like, yeah, okay, you can recall Richie Palacios as like a bench bat, a pinch hitter, and a pinch runner. 
that's fine, but it's not any better than recalling Rokio. At least this way, you give Rokio a taste of the big leagues. Uh, if you want to be part of your future, you can get him up around some of the veterans. And and his option was already burned. A lot of people had that information so totally wrong on Twitter. Uh, once it's burned, it's burned. It's gone. Right. It doesn't grow back. That and was that up- was that, that happened in spring training. It didn't happen the first time they called out. That happened yeah. in spring training. Yeah. And, uh, and this will be his second time whenever he goes back down for Jose. It'll be his second. Five do, of those. Well, four technically. The fifth one yeah. is when you are exposed. So you can do four all year without um, having the issue there. So, yeah, this is just a non-story as far as Rokio being up. Like, he got his first at bat. That's great. And guess what he did? His first at bat, he swung at the first pitch. It was 58-mile-an-hour topper that he ended up making, getting the first on a single and an overthrow made the second. So immediately he started playing Guardians baseball. Don't hit the ball hard, run, hope for an error, and get the second base. But that has not happened as much as it did last year, unfortunately. But I think the bigger problem is this. Gabriel Arias was the first base because Josh Naylor, you know, had a leg had leg soreness, which that's not great because I'm gonna without Jose tonight. Okay, Pete Alonso had his 14th home run on Monday night or Tuesday night. Um, the Guardians, when they started the game without Jose Ramirez in the lineup, had a combined 18 home runs by the entire team in their lineup tonight. When you take Josh Naylor out of the lineup later in the game and Mike Zanino out of the game, that knocks it down by eight more. By the time Brian Rocchio and David Fry got in the game, they had a combined 10 home runs in their lineup all season from those players. Um, so Gabriel Aris was at first because he went from third to first. Rocchio's at third. Andre Semenis is at second. And and Ahmed Rosario's at, at short. And this is not the crap on Ahmed Rosario because he didn't do anything wrong. And I didn't do anything right, but he didn't do anything wrong. But you you have literally the worst player on your infield as Ahmed Rosario out of all those five guys or all those four guys. And he's the one playing shortstop. Yeah. What are we doing? Because, well, here's my theory from a year ago, which I don't think I've ever brought on since you came on. My theory is that's the only position he can play. Oh, no, that's right. No, that's 100%. Uh, You know, I think he can't handle anything else. It's it's weird. In OOTP, there are these guys who are shortstops and only shortstops. Like, they can't seem to pick up or learn another position. And that seems to be a med. Like, he plays shortstop because it's that or DH. Like, he can't be a super utility guy. We've talked about that being maybe a role for him because he can't handle another position. He is a shortstop. And I know people are going to say, well, why aren't we asking Tito why this is happening? Trust me, people are asking. And it doesn't matter. We talked about this last week. If you're an everyday or you heard this, Zach, Andre, Paul Hoynes, Ryan Lewis, Mandy Bell, it doesn't matter if they ask Tito this a thousand times. Hey, you know, you consider moving Rosario offshore or out of the Sioux hole or whatever. And this really isn't the issue right now. But whatever they ask isn't going to change it. And trust me, they're asking these questions. You're just not hearing it in the three minute after section after session on, on the post game show, you're because it, it doesn't matter. Cause, and cause the answers are, are, are bird poop. The answers are going to be, well, you know, blah, 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 and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. It's that's all the answers are. You don't get concrete answers. You get, well, we think this way and we're, we don't have to explain it to you. So it's a communication issue. And, and you can ask that question all you want, but you're not getting the answer you want. All right. Uh, Jeff, do you want to throw it to, the true false. The next segment, the true false, or do you so want I got to a few? I'm going to throw now? up here. Uh, so this is kind of. I'll just. I'll, I'll jump in here. Um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. But it's so I, I kind of with this idea of like true false, and Justin got to see some of these. So I'm just going to go ahead and throw the first one up here. True or false? The Guardians missed peak Ahmed trade value. They could have gotten something good for Ahmed. No, I don't. I mean, it does. His performance doesn't matter. It's just time remaining on his his contract but if they is, traded him in the offseason or last year would they have gotten a ton more 
A ton? No. They would have gotten more just, again, due to the nature yeah. of how much time was left in his on club control. That's what really matters here. Everybody in the world knows who Ahmed Rosario is. Even the Oakland Athletics, who are apparently obsessed with... I mean, Rosario's has been pretty good this year, I should say. It's not terrible, but like they took some weird trades, okay? And even as, even as weird as they are, they know who Ahmed Rosario is. I'm, I'm not saying they're trading for him, but everybody in the world knows who Ahmed Rosario is. So his performance hasn't changed, and yeah, it wouldn't have mattered. It just I mattered... Team control. I kind of feel like his value to the team and how well he is loved. Because again, you know, to I, I love playing baseball games. And, you know, in them, I can just sit there and like strip a, a roster to its its studs and then build back. But like chemistry matters. And hey, our old friends at Ultimate Baseball GM are the one uh, simulation game I've seen who put chemistry in and make it uh, something that matters. And I feel like sometimes if you traded a med, the effect on the clubhouse might have ended up being a net negative on any return you got because you were going to get like a C level prospect at best. Probably. I don't think he's, mm-hmm. he's really netting a ton. Um, next one. Brian Rocchio is guaranteed to be better in a med Rosario. I mean, there are no guarantees with prospects. We've talked about how the fact that, that Rosario was a top prospect himself and hasn't really. Okay. A med Rosario again is not a failed prospect. He no. has, he has had a good, a, a solid career as a major leaguer. He is, you know, when you get the kind of production you've gotten out of a prospect like Ahmed Rosario, you've done something good. The problem is he was just expected to be better, and he hasn't reached those expectations. So, no, there are no guarantees. Uh, do I think that Rokio is overall a better player? Yes, I do think Rokio is a better player. To, what is two war kind of the, the one to two war is kind of your replacement level kind of guy, average yeah. player. I think I think at, at, or Brian Rokio has a chance for sure to be at least as good, and I wouldn't. I don't think it's a, a stretch to say that he will be even slightly better. Like if he is he if he's worth three WAR a season, that's still better than Ed Rosario, and it's fine. And I think he can be. Yes, nothing's ever but, guaranteed, though. Yes, but you've also compared it to um, a Matt at points in some ways, right? I mean, there are similarities. True. I mean, there he's a, a gifted defender, athletic, and and Rosario was the same way, but. There are just like little bouts. Like you, if you saw the ground ball that he threw to first base and his first attempt or third base, I should say. Yeah. Uh, when he's third, it was a high throw. And it was his first attempt. So, you know, you can throw some of that away, but you know, there are just little things that pop up with that, like that with him sometimes. And there is a little over aggressiveness offensively, but he has walked more in the minors than Rosario ever did. They're both similarly young for their levels when they were in the minors, but you pointed out that Rokio offensively has had better numbers and it's not always about performance. It's about, skill set and development in the minors. So it doesn't, you know, performance doesn't always equal out how good a prospect is. So I'll still say Rokio is better. Even though yeah. You know, I, I just, I guess my, my point with this one is always to remember like probably the most hyped hitting prospects outside of Lindor they had recently were Frazier and Zimmer. And we saw yeah. how that ended up. So like, just always be aware. And like, I don't think we can always assume someone's going to work. Like so you've got to watch the guys and you've got to yeah. know, like you can't just go by rankings, obviously, because it's already yes. pan out. You, you, that's why, you know, I always talk about not Scott and the stat line and actually watching these guys and not just mm-hmm. looking at the, the two minute highlights. Somebody posts on Twitter every night, you know, it's just, you yeah, got to go I deeper just, than that. Yeah. I, that's why I didn't post the Bo Naylor um, miss catch today. It's like, cause you'll go on Twitter and you'll see, ah, Bo Naylor hit a home run. And I've, I've posted highlights like that before, but you know, you won't, you won't see the miscatches. You won't see the, the, the bad stuff there very often. So you have I to just, go be able to go deeper. 
for as much as people get mad at Cleveland, I, I kind of, you can understand if you're a contending team going with known versus own. Known. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Again, yeah. I've said before, this is why I, I do like prospects because the future is always unknown, which means there are a lot of possibilities. And when you, when things end or you, you know, the outcome it's finite and it sucks and real life stinks, but the unknown is always more fun. This is why the backup quarterback is always more popular in Cleveland, right? Because that guy hasn't screwed up yet. Yeah, That's why it's so funny to see like every year on, on prospect list college guys go to the, the in the top, like the top 10 of the top hundred because they haven't screwed up yet. And yes, you know, it, the future is great and that's fun. It's, it's unknown. It's, it is more fun. Absolutely. That's why I like prospects, but, at some point, you know, the you got to, you know, get on the toilet yes. or get off the toilet. <laughs> no, I agree. And not to say they've done everything perfectly. I, I do think there is points where I would have liked to have seen these guys worked in a little better. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the same time, I, I don't think they've done anything that is a catastrophic failure. Let's put it that way. Yeah. All right. We'll talk more about that. We'll do a couple more true false questions and we'll talk about Jason Kipnis's strong words uh, in just a moment. Hey, we got a new sponsor. Any longtime listener knows I love a new sponsor. And listen, you can, I, I'm, I'm cheap. Uh, they sent me free pants and I love them. I'm, I'm currently wearing them. Um, Bird Dogs is a, they have a sense of humor. Um, you, if you go there, know that some of the titles are titles I'm not allowed to say on the air. <laughs> so you can go and have some fun. My, the, the junior high school student inside of me still had a good giggle when I went to their webpage. But here's what really matters. Not a good giggle, even though that's a, a nice bonus when you're an adult, is they're comfortable. I got two pairs, pairs of shorts from them, and I have worn them the last two days. Uh, they're going to become immediately part of my rotation. Uh, their big thing is I didn't know that, like, the importance of liners in pants. I didn't know this was a thing. I had to get into our group chat and be like, hey, do I request the liner or not? And everyone said, agree. The liner helps with comfort and make you look better is what I found out. So I, I just, I find them comfortable. These are immediately going to be a pair of pants uh, that I'm going to anywhere I go. I'm in fact, my bird dogs, I can say that with confidence. Uh, you know, sometimes you get things. They're not great. These are great. I enjoy these pants. They are comfortable. Um, I, I, said, I could see these as pajama pants, but you can also do them as walking around pants. They are all purpose. They are great. Um, and right now, go to birddogs.com backslash locked on MLB, or I should say slash locked on MLB. And when you enter the promo code locked on, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Mine's up in the box. If I was smart, I would have brought it. Next show, I'll show it off. Uh, I'm not going to flash down in my pants. Sorry, everyone. Uh, you can thank me for not doing that later, but I am wearing them. I promise you, I guarantee it. Um, go to bird dogs, funny names, great comfort. And before we get out of here, we're obligated to tell you that uh, you should check out Tom Hamilton and Jim Rosenhouse call Wednesday's game at 810 on Sirius XM, Peyton Battenfield versus Mike Clevenger, which we'll get to in a second. Okay. Uh, we, already I, about catch- I, we already talked about catchers. So we could kind yeah, of move on. From- I was going to delete that one, honestly. Uh, we already, I think, yeah. this, I think I moved one to the top. Can I go with the front office is too passive? I want to say yes. Is but- it passive or is it just like, they are sticks in the mud. Like they I mean, are, these yeah, they are difficult. We, we've heard that before. That yeah. They are. They don't move off their value, and act. And, and in a lot of ways, that is a really good thing. 
because they don't, I mean, well, I don't know. Is it a good thing? Cause they still made that move for junior Caminero for Tobias Myers and look what happened there. I don't know. I, I, I think overall, yes. You just want to add to the sadness. I Why do. are you adding to the sadness? It's a jump off the ledge kind of day. I don't know. I, I was excited for this White Sox series. I thought, all right, the White Sox stink. They're depressed. Their fans are depressed. Lance Lynn is having the worst year of his career. Uh, it's, the Guardians hit fastball as well. I thought the series was going to be a continuation of the Guardians, maybe not kicking butt, but at least like, you know, starting to put things together. Maybe they'll still win two out of three. I don't know. But the series got off to a rotten start, and it's and the only positive was was Brian Rocchio's fifty eight mile an hour single that was like the positive tonight. So I, I you know Miles Straw. I don't know if we're gonna have time, but can we just can my Miles Straw every time he reaches base should just run like he is on fire or escaping a tyrannosaurus right, just or never something. stop running. Never he and he needs to pull everything. Zero don't let him get into his kitchen. Night. Just pull. I mean, again, it was. Pull, pull, pull. The data shows that when he is pulling and, and not being passive, he's close to league average. And if that dude can do that, all of a sudden he's a four-win outfielder. Zero steals tonight. Just saying. With Zero. nine nine hits, zero steals. They uh... And one, two extra base hits. So it's not like yeah. they had a bunch of extra base hits. They run first a lot. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Uh, whew, boy, this is a f- <laughs> funny one. Jason Kipnis. Uh, you know, hey, big fans of Jason Kipnis here. Uh, we always, we've, we've talked about if Jason Kipnis ever finds out that we are talking on this podcast, we've, we've wanted him on since the off season for a while now. Um, he was on foul territory today with, um, AJ Przinsky. Yeah. And I think I can't remember who the, the other guy was on right now, but, um, there was a segment where, you know, he said that the Mets are, don't have a lot of good veterans, but no leadership. And then AJ Przinsky said, well, you play with Francisco Lindbergh, but what, isn't he a leader? And Jason Kipnis said, I'm going to say it again, all those veterans and no leadership. Uh, Jason Kipnis was teammates with Francisco Lindor from 2015 to 2019. That is an interesting comment. And and not not the first time we've heard it. I've heard that sentiment before, but probably the most direct way we've yes. heard it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's just... And, and we we know that he is... Maybe not the easiest dude to get along with. Remember the infamous like raccoon incident? Not, not, not Kipnis. Not Kipnis, Lindor. Um, Kipnis is very easy to get along with. Yeah, so Kipnis is Lindor is to, the because the, the his issues with Jeff McNeil uh, in New York, which have I guess I mean he they both signed extensions. Everything was, but there does seem to be times where I don't know. There's <laughs> enough. Oh, and, and again, I I hate to like bang on him about the name change but like to act like he wants to be that he was this is dangerous territory but he never corrected anyone with frankie to make right he never corrected anybody right exactly after the fact felt disingenuous to me because you know what i have no problems calling someone uh, you know i'm I, i i'm not bothered by calling someone their pronouns i'm not bothered by calling someone their name i would do it i am that type of person but you know what never came up in my time in minor leagues hey can you call me this or you know he prefers to be called this nobody had that and and yeah he went by frankie when he was in low a in lake county i remember because we were there um i was there when he was in the minors there and you might say well he was in low a he didn't want to correct anybody he was just trying to not go by his waves i mean he was 
he was the, the, the still he was about to be the face of the organization back in 2012 when they drafted him. I mean, he was literally the the guy that organization was pitting their hopes on. Not that you could pin your hopes on one guy, but that was the guy they put their all their eggs in the and, basket and on when they drafted him. So there are things I can't talk about. You know, lock and key, sworn away. And it's like he had no problems letting people know other things. Right, yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. It's uh so I think he might just be a lot to deal with that you know like i said he had that and you want to know who two second basements pro- in a row <laughs> he's yeah. had issues with, apparently. and you want to know who has never had a problem telling it like it is jason kitness has never yes. had a problem telling it like it is so the fact that it's come from jason kitness to me is is all i need to know um so that was fun go check that clip out i retweeted it someone was like oh if you didn't know this for years i'm like i just retweeted a clip man uh, Aaron Savali rehab start Thursday. That's what we found out. That's a good thing. Uh, he's ahead of McKenzie, obviously. So that's, um, and maybe not by long. We could hear McKenzie's not slated to pitch in a rehab game this week, but it could be next week. So uh, I'm surprised Savali is ahead of McKenzie at this point, but. Uh, Seems like McKenzie in sometime in June, probably, right? You know, he's just. Yeah, he's going to. It's I a mean, big the, injury. I would say Savali probably needs two, and I would say McKenzie probably needs at least three because he hasn't pitched since March. At least Savali pitched in April and. Yeah, he hasn't been out quite as long. So there's that. Oh, Peyton Battenfield and Mike Clevenger on Wednesday. Look, multiple times this year, I've talked about how the pitching matchup doesn't favor the Guardians, and they end up winning those games, going all the way back to the Seattle series. I mean, I don't know if does the pitching matchup favor anybody on Wednesday. I don't think it does because Mike Clevenger stinks. But I also thought that Lance Lynn stunk, and that didn't work out either. So you know what? Maybe mm. I'm just sitting here with a microphone, and I am talking to you're talking to a wall. I'm not saying talking to a wall for you because you're smart. Maybe, maybe you're talking to a wall, Jeff. Maybe I don't know anything about baseball. I don't know. I mean, come on. I said the same thing. Lance Lynn has been hot trash. And then Lance Lynn goes out and has his one good start of the year. Yeah. You want to know what on, on the broad, I don't want to crap on the broadcast, but they were saying, Oh, Lance Lynn, turn him back the clock, having a great start. This is what he does. Or is he facing a lineup? that's just not good right now. Is it really odd? Oh, you're tipping your cap to Lance Lynn. He's been horrible this year, but he found a way to have a good start tonight. Did he find a way to have a good start, or is he the same guy he's been? And this lineup's just bad. Yeah, I mean, especially when you lose Jose Ramirez, your one guy who was hitting, and then Josh you know, Naylor. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It's it is what it is. It, it's it struggles, and you know, eventually we'll have to sit down and really get into the nitty gritty and see, or you know, what are the likely. You know, maybe we'll do a mid-season or a quarter of the way season kind of grading of positions and talk about what That'll can be, be done easy. or what needs to be done. Double lower GPA than I did in high school. That's good. At least they can't beat my first year of college, my first semester of college. I'll put it that way. Um, no, it can't be worse than my first year of college. No, my second year of college. Uh, well, hey, we'll, we'll have that fun competition on the show. We'll, we'll find things. Oh, and But here's the thing. Great. At the end of the day, it's still early. You know, hopefully no, Naylor's fine. Day, and, at the end of the day, the division stinks. That's what it is. Yes, it isn't early, yes. Jeff. It's, it's May. It's the division's It's May 17th. Awful. It is not early anymore. Well, it's what? I, the, I know, the I know Memorial Day. In, in, in football terms, I think. I know. Okay, Memorial Day is that official poll yes. that you start looking at things. They're two weeks away from Memorial Day, so maybe we can sit, stick with that for a little bit longer. But I think the bottom line here is the division stinks. That's what it really Yes, no, at. you're right. Yeah, the division's terrible. Naylor's shown sides in life. Jose's tracking up. I hope Chris Villegas at sound explains a to miles straw, like just pull all the time. Someone sits down with Tito and explains how the base running rules have changed. 
And that someone sits down with Andres Jimenez and explains why you should never dive into first. If they need someone, I am available. I want to thank you all. I know it didn't happen today, but I'm just always available for that conversation. <laughs> you know, we're doing we're doing like the health family learning at school where you got to sit down and teach hard topics to middle schoolers. I'm willing to sit down and have that hard talk with Andres Jimenez. Thank you all for yeah. listening, rating and reviewing, downloading. It helps. I hope you enjoyed some levity, uh, or at least as much as we could, in what was a infuriating day from top to bottom, start to finish. It was a no good, very bad day. We appreciate all of you for listening, rating, and reviewing. Thank you again, Pink and Blue, for your very kind review. Thank you to all of our everydayers. Um, Zeev, is that it? Did I butcher your name? Always positive in the comments. Um, John Fagan, always positive in the comments. Uh, to our random bots, thank you for leaving reviews. You are apparently part of our everydayers. And uh, hey, more comments is better. But uh, thank you all again, and go, go, Guardians, go.